0: Thanks to Indeed for supporting the Apple Bits XL. This year has challenged businesses across the globe to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help you finish 2020 strong. Indeed is the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com/applebits. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And thanks to Headspace for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. Well, 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. For a free one month trial, go to headspace.com slash AppleBits. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. Ah, ah. What's up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the AppleBits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most. For everything good and bad inside the world of Apple, we are winding up the end of the year, so we're going to have some special episodes, kind of wrap-up episodes with special guests. This one is one of them because we're going to talk all about the good and bad apples of 2020 with our friend of the show, Lance Ulanoff. Now, for everyone that is listening, I know I've been telling you all to call in the show to be a part of it. Let's just start the calls back up in 2021 because we have a bunch of these special shows. So I know some of you have put in calls and have been waiting, and I'm sorry, but I hope that the content is delivering for you, which I'm going to cross my fingers and say it is. Like, you guys and gals are so amazing. So, thank you for all of that. Also, the way to be a part of the show, to sponsor the show, to support it, Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you do it. I have been so grateful for your support through all of this time. Um, the crazy economy, you. Guys and gals are just incredibly generous, so I can only say thank you. But for those of you who haven't supported the show, patreon.com slash Tong is how you do it. It starts at $2 per month. $5 is a cup of coffee per month if my content is worth that much to you. We have different levels going all the way up to the $100 level. What you get is early access to content. You also get bonuses at different levels. And trust me, this holiday season, I will send those things out. Some of you have been waiting for quite a while. I'm embarrassed, but at the same time, I've just been really hustling hard. So I hope that that has balanced things out. So thank you for your patience. And then of course, a completely ad-free version of the show. You can't top that. So that's what you do. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong. There's also exclusive things. I'm starting a monthly Zoom that was a hit specific and exclusive to Patreon members. We had around, I think, 30-so people come the first time. And it was literally free flow, like a bunch of us hanging out, talking shop, talking tech. Talking Apple, talking media—it was it was honestly really fun. So thank you to all of you from Patreon that supported on that. That's another exclusive bonus once a month—a one-hour just hangout session where we just do whatever we want. So thanks again for all your support. You can do that at Patreon.com/slash Brian Tong. All right, let's just jump in the show. Me and Lance, great guest, always so much to talk about. This is a fun episode, but it's rooted in what happened in 2020, all of our good and bad apples for the year. I'm really curious which ones align with you. You probably have your own. What do you agree on, disagree on? Let's just have fun. Here it is, Lance and I talking about all those things. All right, everybody. You know, the year is winding down and love to kind of have these fun shows that talk about what Apple did. Yes, we're talking good apples. We're talking bad apples. Got to bring friend of the show, Lance Yulnoff, in the house. What's up, Lance?
1: Hey, thanks for having me back, Brian. I appreciate it.
0: Oh man, always. We love having you and uh, always love, you know, just kind of the back and forth we have. So, you know, I I believe, I know we did this last year, but sometimes I, I can't even remember. Sometimes we mix it up with like, oh, what do you want from Apple next year? But this year you and I were doing the good and the bad apples and you are my guest. But I wanted you to let people know where they can find you and some of your work and things like that.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, obviously, they can find me now on Medium, uh, where I'm writing a, a regular, we're calling a blog because it's uh, fairly frequent and uh, varying lengths about all things tech. Uh, they can find me on Twitter, and uh, they can sometimes find me on television with uh, Kelly and Ryan doing a little bit of uh, tech gadgetry or tech information. Uh, so yeah, I'm here. I'm there. Uh, I'm everywhere.
0: <laughs> and uh, you know. Lance has been reviewing Apple stuff in tech for quite a long time. So I don't think there's anyone more qualified than you to just kind of dig into this. So, you know, you are the guest on my show. I want <laughs> I want you to, you know, you can set the table. We can go back and forth. It does not have to follow any formula. Things pop up in your head. We talk about them. Do you want to start with a good Apple or do you want to start with a bad Apple?
1: Uh, let's, start, let's start with a good Apple. Okay, uh,
0: okay.
1: You know, I think that... It, this year uh, is now defined for Apple by the M1, by Apple Silicon. Uh, it's such a big deal, and it and not just for Apple to say, hey, we're going to build our own chips for our own Macs, um, eventually switch over to all of them. To say that is one thing. Uh, to promise it and then deliver, and not just deliver, but you know, the, the MacBook Air and other devices running this chip as I said, they're astonishing. It's it's, I mean, it's just a complete home run, and it sets the table for what's going to happen in the future. So it's a major win for Apple, uh, and also a, a win for for their customers because uh, the you know the performance of this thing is, is crazy, the battery life is crazy, and and it just sets a new bar for what you expect for mobile computing. Uh, you know, and obviously, I know Apple been doing this. I shouldn't have been so surprised because obviously, you know you look at uh, the A series chips and what Apple's been doing with them for years. And, you know, but yeah, I just didn't know how that would translate to uh, a laptop experience um, and the Mac mini experience, but then I tested out the laptop experience. So I was still surprised. And uh, so that's just, you know, you have to put that it's good Apple in 2020 tough year to, to deliver a major innovation a uh, breakthrough and uh, benefit to to their customers.
0: Yeah, Lance, you beat me to it. I I made that. I didn't even call that one a good apple. I called that a great apple because <laughs> I th- I think to your point, and I've talked about this with um some other people too. You don't really like you. We think we know what to expect. We we had an idea, but then when you actually use this thing and you're getting twice the battery life, a fan that depending on the model you have. Either doesn't go on because it doesn't have fan, or rarely goes on. You have performance that is, in some cases, outperforming a top level, fully specced out 16 inch MacBook Pro and higher. And then, on top of that, the transition—I don't know if there's ever been as seamless of a transition with a new platform. Yes, it is their own silicon, but you know, even using apps in Rosetta two, where video renders. And projects that I was doing for the most part, other than Adobe After Effects, were all performing faster in translation through Rosetta Two on an M1, and it blew my mind. It was absolutely yeah, I, I, a great, a great Apple and a, the highlight of the year, quite honestly. If we want to blow our load right off the top,
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you really can't you can't talk about this year without talking totally. about it. It was, you know, it was very big news when they said they were going to do it and you know they set a timeline and i thought well we'll see you know it's a tough year you know things are gonna we already we saw things sort of you know the, the table sort of you know the play settings on the table move around things mm-hmm. weren't happening in the normal order uh and i wondered if maybe well maybe they'll maybe it'll be like the mac pro and it'll be kind of you know yeah they're teasing it but it'll take a while or you know maybe it'll be like their air power and it'll never show up i just I, I just thought there were reasons that this might end and I did not expect it to be smooth. I did think that some part of the experience would be bad, not just a little janky, but I assumed badness. I thought it has to there has to be something where I go, "Oh yeah." Mm-hmm. But really the, the the worst part about it, if I there was one criticism I had and it sounds like they've they've addressed this is the size of the iOS mm-hmm. apps, you know, that would run In in the uh, the M1 environment, you know, in on on the MacBook Air, they weren't full size, and you couldn't make them full size. And um, and I believe a recent update has addressed that. So very very minor stuff. But the real key here is that you don't want to think about that chip. You want to know that it's performing at the top level. You can get your work done, and not go well, not constantly make excuses for the platform. Or the silicon you chose and so that's what you get you don't there are no excuses and you and I talked for we've talked a, a number of times about when we were looking at the iPhone and the various a you know 12 11 11 12 13 14 bionics and how there seemed to be just unlimited headroom mm-hmm. that we couldn't really figure out where we were going to set hit hit a point where it was gonna uh, can't you know I'm stuttering and I just didn't seem like you could find that and that's what they translated to the Mac experience. So, you know, and, and you look at the future and you look at what they're talking about doing, and we know obviously going to the other systems and they're gonna work on more cores so they can go to the highest level systems, but they're also working on switching out the modems, you know, like the dependence on third party partners uh, is gonna keep diminishing. I don't know what this means for Intel and Qualcomm in the future, but I, I have to imagine there's a lot of hand rigging going on um, over the, those offices.
0: Yeah, I, I like how you set it up quite nicely. The future of Apple and the Mac. I I don't remember a time where people beyond even hardcore tech enthusiasts, beyond even Apple fanboys and fan girls, we got to include everyone, um, were genuinely excited about the Mac. I, it, it's the most exciting thing that came out of Apple this year, and the future, whatever we see, the fact that this was the start, the, them out of the gates. I mean, what what are the other companies doing now? They're there's like, wow, we we need to really step it up now. AMD might not be feeling the heat as much, and they cater to a different right. audience. But Intel, I, I mean, the general consensus online when you read the comments, and you've never heard. I don't. It's it's rare to see people start to just outright slam Intel all the time, and in, in especially in my videos because. They used to, you know, they are part of it. People knew that Intel wasn't the fastest, but you wouldn't see people outright slam them. And now that Apple has the M1, I see a lot more comments of people outright slamming them. And it's it's a definitely a change in mood and attitude and sentiment that I haven't seen before. And this is because Apple is now just leapfrogged them, and and will well, well, continue to
1: right. Well, look at the you know the 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 process. You know, so it's five nanometer, right? Yeah. And where and where is Intel on desktop systems? You know, for the nanometer. You know, I think that they're they're promising 10 uh i guess it's next year uh so you know why and and i've always looked at intel and their mobile game and said you know they just it's like they don't really get it and they're not really you know there were there have been over the years a few handsets based on intel chips i remember them uh none exciting uh i think lenovo did a few of them and nobody cares because they're not they don't have the same performance and they you know and Intel has really, on the laptop side, you know, they're, if you get the sort of battery sipping uh, performance on, on an Intel chip, you might have to really settle for low end mm-hmm. performance. Uh, and Apple's saying, no, you don't have to make that trade off. If you can make an insanely efficient chip, which is what they've done, uh, they're able to work it that much harder because of the, the efficiencies. And I, I you know, why Intel has not been able to figure this out, mm-hmm. I don't know. You look at, uh, you know, Qualcomm ha- is sort of, I think, is ahead of Intel in that area. It's working with partners like Microsoft on the the uh, was SQ1 or SQ2 chips. Mm-hmm. You know, not as much excitement around there. The performance is not as good, but it's still better on a laptop than you might find uh, with, uh, with a similar Intel chip. So, you know, it's, it's just interesting to me to see Intel sort of stumble in this way. But on the other hand, uh, the, you know, Apple does not have the same market share on the laptop and desktop space that, you know, all the Windows Intel running systems have. So it's not like the biggest part of Intel's market is disappearing yeah. and by any stretch.
0: I remember reading even recently that Apple's deal with Intel only makes up about 10% of their bottom line, which yeah. which you would think it was a lot. Maybe, I mean, I never paid attention. I mean, it's, number, so I would have thought right. it would have been a little higher, but it it's significant. Mm. But I don't know if it's going to, I don't, look, it. the tide well, is changing. But here's
1: Right. <laughs> right but that, that's Here's the other interesting thing, though. Timing is everything. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple doing this at this moment as people are starting to work from home and uh, falling in love all over again with with macbooks and mac minis uh and because that part of the business is rising up and you know so these systems are becoming really important again and ipads to a certain extent too uh and so apple's business is mac business is going to keep growing i think but it's going to keep growing basically without intel because Intel is going to hold on to for a while the high end part of the Mac business, but that's going to keep shrinking mm-hmm. too. So they're not going to gain that benefit of the thing that Apple's been trying to do with its Mac business for for at least a decade and really grow it and start to to have it be a significant player in that space compared to all the other players on the Windows side, uh, because it's a it's a big difference. Uh, but Intel doesn't it's not going to get to be part of that growth. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the M1, again, just just sensational. I can't, you and I probably can't say enough about it, but easily the most exciting product for me this year. Okay, I'm going to throw a, this is what I'm going to call a good Apple, yet overwhelming. Apple had four announcements in four months this year. Hmm. I, for people that like us, that love tech, people like us, that review tech, it was a good Apple. It was also really overwhelming. I, I did the count- We had 17 new products announced. I'm just going to read them really quickly because at first my mind was like, ah, maybe 10 to 12. No, 17, (laughs) okay? Apple Watch, so in September, Apple Watch Series 6, Apple Watch SE, Apple Fitness Plus announced and now out. Solo Loop, braided Solo Loop, iPad 8th generation, iPad Air 4. Then we jump over to the October event. iPhone 12, 12 mini, 12 Pro, 12 Pro Max, HomePod mini. Then we go to uh, November. M1 chip, I, I consider that a product. MacBook Air, Mac Mini, MacBook Pro 13-inch. And finally, the the surprise that really no one was really talking about. I mean, people were thinking about, but they didn't really think we'd see it. The AirPods Max. So 17 products at the last four months of the year in a COVID year. Pretty pretty damn impressive.
1: Yeah, I- impressive, but, but also... Uh- just a reflection of how apple plans and when you you know they don't talk a lot about the planning but i remember i do remember you know apple kind of revealing when they were first introducing maybe the iphone 10 and sort of how they had locked in on something a solid like 18 months in, uh, mm-hmm. in advance like there's there's a there's a uh, it's rolling i mean it's definitely the sort of the the product channel uh is is it's a pipeline that, that continually runs, you know, end-to-end. End. There, there's no time where they're not working on products, but the products that arrive now have been thought through, developed, and obviously then they're produced, you know, over the course of an 18-month period, in my opinion. Uh, so you wonder, and this is just, just a thought sort of outside of this a little bit, that yes, we just saw 17 products, you know, go out in that four-month period, but a year from now, after the impact on Apple's workforce uh, due to the pandemic and working from home has really played out, will we see fewer products? Or will we see a change in the cadence? We saw some change, which was mostly about supply chain stuff, which that's why things got pushed around a little bit. But ultimately, we didn't see a lot of change. Like it wasn't a year where the iPhone didn't show, mm-hmm. right? It did, That didn't happen. So you know, you just wonder if that impact going to come later. But I will say that it was—you know—it was—it was super encouraging uh, to have all this happen in a time where, uh, you know, it was so difficult for people to come together. Where everything that we saw, product announcements we saw, were online. You know, starting with WWDC. You know, and without jumping ahead, I'll just say that I put WWDC on my good list because. Uh, it sort of proved that, yes, people can do virtual conferences. And obviously that was sort of setting the stage for all that was going to come. Uh, And all the the announcements that you just talked about, which we watched virtually, uh, in some ways they were much easier for me to handle because I was sort of sitting in my office. And, yeah, I I missed the part of running to the demo room and touching the phones. (laughs) But at the same time, I was a little less harried. I was able to just step back. And kind of think through. Well, what just happened? Mm-hmm. What did they just introduce? And what does it mean? So, there was this, you know, this surprising benefit to to being forced to stay away from people and stay at home for this massive, as you point out, massive number of Apple products.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point, and we'll jump right in that right away. One quick point I wanted to talk about with all these products coming out and how they rolled at, rolled them out. There was a recent report that talked about how Tim Cook had been um, addressing, you know, the Apple employees. And during that time, I don't want to say it leaked out, but it was reported that he talked about how he was proud and impressive of what they had done because when COVID happened and this pandemic hit and it's still here, it's not like they were still flying overseas to Asia. So they were using iPads with AR to talk to engineers overseas to solve production issues because they couldn't be there in person and they were still able to get all this stuff done. Right. That's, that's pretty incredible. So I got I the, I gotta the miracle,
1: a <laughs> oh the miracle God. of technology. I think people are just not quite realizing how important it's been in this time that that if the pandemic had happened 20 years ago, mm. 15 years ago, a lot of this would not have been possible. hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a great point. All right. So you wanted to talk about the keynotes. Man, I didn't even put that on, but it was a great reminder of, yes, I'm on board with that. So did you want to talk about them a little more?
1: Yeah, yeah. I just, I, you know, of course, Apple. Apple knows how to do things. And uh, I, you, each time as I've approached online uh, events, I've been kind of nervous. And some in the beginning uh, felt just like a mess. Like people were. Are <laughs> you talking of,
0: about some uh, a, a competitor of Apple's that had a yeah, just an so, yeah. one. Oh man
1: yeah i've seen I've just you know it's like things have been weird, and the people haven't know like they're just basic things you know like well who should speak and what should we show them, and how should we you know, but Apple's always had thanks to Steve Jobs, I believe the sort of this beating heart of a showman you know that inside of apple is is an organization that knows how to put on a show. And it doesn't matter where it is. And so, watching WWDC, it was fast. It was it was lively. It was interesting. It was aware that when you have people in a situation, you have to handle the visuals differently. Uh, it just seemed like they didn't lose a step. Uh, and I look. I was looking back through my live tweeting, and I felt like you know it had that good mix of you still felt like you were there. But you also felt like it had taken that next, that next sort of sh- that shift to being virtual, and it accommodated it. And so, you know, I just think that's <clears throat> that's really about Apple's expertise uh, for events, which I've just long had, and knowing what was what needed to be done. Uh, and so, you know, each one subsequent to that, each event launch event, including the Apple uh, iPhone Twelve event, you know, with all these products, uh, was handled just as well. Uh, yeah. and of course, you know, they have this incredible space that they really, <laughs> really use. That's just oh eye popping. Yo, know, that moment with, um, the, the, the head of the sort of the environmental stuff. Um, oh yeah. Um, Lisa,
0: is it Lisa Jackson?
1: Is that her Lisa Jackson yeah. standing on the roof oh my God. Of, yeah. of the, of the, the spaceship, you know, basically of the like, Apple campus and oh. and just that is a flex and that is something that uh no one else can really do. do does anyone here does anyone listening know what samsung's headquarters look like uh i've been to them in Me south too. korea they're not interesting Me you know too. they're they're big and sprawling and spread all over the place but there's no like you don't have this feeling and so for them they they really rely heavily on venues uh, and I think Apple, you know, built something in its own image, really, and now uses it to to full effect, especially in this time. So, you know, it's in some ways, it's a small point because it's not about the product. It's not about the software, but messaging matters. And the way in which Apple delivers uh, its message is really one of a kind.
0: Yeah, 100 percent, 100 percent agree. And I'm, I'm glad you really brought this up because, look. I felt after watching the first keynote even it gets rid of all those weird awkward moments or demos that we don't care about that last like 15 to 20 minutes and people are like rolling their eyes it was so much more streamlined not only just yeah you know the entire process we I feel I feel like we were able to actually get more information in a more concise direct way than we normally had from any of the keynotes before visually they were off the charts the pacing of it the keynotes now pretty much stayed to around hour. I don't, I, maybe one of them was close to an hour and a half, but no, nothing longer than that, but it was all yeah. very tightly done. And yes, you know, I've never, at least recently, haven't had to do that whole bum rush, run, shoot a product, forget five bullet points because you're in this mad rush, bumping elbows with everyone, putting together something. And it was definitely allowed more thought and analysis to come out of it. And you kind of knew that, at least depending on relations with Apple, like you're going to get the product around the same time as everyone too. So that, that kind of in a way even leveled the playing field for content too. So um, I don't, I miss seeing people, you know, and saying hi, but man, the presentations are really good as a consumer. I wouldn't even want to go back to the other format as a pure consumer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. There's, There's whatever happens in the future, uh, some part of this uh, is going to remain. And I think Apple's aware of that, too, that, you know, and it's just look, it's it's just smarter even for the environment. Like, you know, if Apple were to hold as many events as it did with products and kept having people fly out, think about, you know, the, the air pollution from airplanes and and hotel. It's like all this stuff that you don't really need and it doesn't diminish it. I think that's been the concern um, that in some ways not having these events diminishes the impact of the product. But I'm betting that Apple, even just based on the sales that they're seeing of these products uh, in the short term, that it's it's not having an impact in that way. People are buying based on need uh, and information that they can get from people like us and Apple. And, uh, you know, there'll be something – there'll be a middle ground. We will not go fully back. Yeah. I be shocked.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. OK, great point there. Um, I have another good Apple. It's a little more product specific, not a bright beacon that everyone's time out. But, you know, I used it recently um, past few days. And I think the Apple Fitness Plus platform is an absolute winner. And I put it as a good Apple because it's kind of like a sleeper and not everyone's going to get on it right away, per se. I think from what I'm hearing, a lot of people are curious about it but the fact that it leverages the Apple watch again, one of my favorite products from Apple all time now and gives it another ecosystem benefit that is quite honestly, nine 99 a month for five people. That's, this is to me like Apple giving this away just to build more ecosystem hooks to get you more hooked into what they do. And as someone who's a Peloton user and loves the Peloton platform, Look, that's a specific audience that has to upfront pay roughly after taxes and fees starting around $2,000 for a bike. You get all these awesome classes. It's, I believe it's like a $40 or $50 per month subscription fee. Apple Fitness, $10 a month with just your Apple Watch. And they're appealing to a much broader audience um, compared to what Peloton's doing. They saw what Peloton is doing. It's like, oh damn. And they've been working on this for a while, but I loved it. I think it's really good. And even if you have a bike or a rowing machine or weights, they have classes for you. So you could even technically use the bike that you have to do some of these classes. So it's – I thought it was a really good Apple. I'm very curious to see what happens with it, but I'm very high on Apple Fitness Plus.
1: Yeah, I uh, so I had my experience with it. Um, I, I wasn't – so I'm I'm sort of – I'm very old school when it comes to working out. i you know I wrote about this. I don't like gyms uh, it's it's just it's not my thing. I don't like being around other people when I'm working out. and I've never ever used a trainer. I wouldn't even you know in my head, I wouldn't even know where to begin. So there was an aversion that I had to to this. I kind of like I'm just not that kind of I'm not a spinner, not, you know, yeah. I did no, none of those. I, I, have very low, low rent equipment, <laughs> no exaggeration. I will tell you the truth. I didn't write about this, but the curling bar I own, I had as a teenager, Wow, that's how long I've had this curling bar. Right. So this is, this is, I'm, I'm very, I do the same stuff, but I, I set it up and I was like, all right, let's see what, if I can do something that gets close to the, what I like to do with weights, mm-hmm uh and doesn't make me feel too strange and isn't too silly um and i found something and i, I was like all right this and, and immediately what what i appreciated was the connection of the watch to the yeah. screen so i because i was watching my heart rate and i was seeing it and i was pleased as i was as it was going up and i'm like this is what should happen and i was sort of it it felt very connected mm-hmm. and I, and and also you know again this is where apple really gets it frictionless you know, once you've started one of those, and I did not spend a lot of time like exploring. Although I've just, I was able to kind of dive in. I found strength, found what I wanted, decided to go for it and did it. And you don't need to be trained to use it. And they, they give you good guidance. You're able to do it, you're able to modify. Uh, and I agree. The pricing, very smart. Uh, you know, while I don't like to pay to work out, I did appreciate the fact that, you know, I'm going to try and get the rest of my family on this. Uh, we have Apple watches in this house, other people. And I know that, you know, my wife would like to be working out again. And, and it's, I, all the different options, there's definitely options that fit for her. And so, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, I am, you know, th- this is tied a little bit to, cause the, you know, Apple's first bundle, their, their bundled system. You know, one of them has this in there, and I'm slightly torn about the bundled system because I desperately wanted it, and there's some issues with what we get. Uh, but it'll be really interesting to see how people approach Fitness Plus. Do they are they really going to be just getting it on their own, or are they going to be discovering it through a bundle? You know, through the Apple One bundle, and being like, oh, you know, what? I have all the pieces. Maybe I should do this uh the one thing that's interesting about this is apple's creating so much content for it yeah uh you know it's almost as much a content operation as apple tv plus Mm -hmm. you know it's got all of these different videos it's got all of these stars you know these these uh trainers who are probably going to become higher profile people because people are going to start to really connect with Mm -hmm. them uh and so you know it's sort of how are you know, are people going to learn about this because, uh, you know, Greg, the 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 strength trainer, like, you know, he becomes a meme or something like that. You know, I think there is going to be interesting ways that people end up getting into this whole Fitness Plus thing.
0: Yeah. The, you know, a lot of the points that you talked about, one of the things is people have created bonds with specific Peloton trainers because they like their style. They like how they talk to you. Right. It, and right. that was the thing. Like for me, jumping to Apple Fitness Plus, I did like three different classes and I thought the trainers were good but I didn't feel like that same bond at all, right? And I think in a way because of the Apple brand is a little more sterile and they're feeling things out too, right? They just launched they have to be a little more sterile on Apple Fitness Plus as well. And I'm not saying you need a cuss for me to like you, but it it feels very <laughs> very uh you know like like okay, you guys stay within this these parameters and we'll be fine, right? It's like well, a very... well,
1: did you notice how it's got it's totally shot on Apple Campus? Oh, it's it, like
0: it's amazing. It's like
1: yeah. I looked around at some of these rooms and I'm like <laughs> that wood. The wood is is you know they, they talk about the wood they've used all over the place and like the materials in Apple Apple's campus Apple Park are. are are so special and so when i watch the video i'm kind of like a little distracted because i'm looking around i wonder what space they shot that at. oh there are the big windows interesting you know so yeah it's it's definitely got that apple feel yeah. um and uh you know how much they'll let you know the how much they'll uh, humanize allow their trainers to sort of be humans on these things on these videos and uh, allow people to feel that connection uh, You know, I don't know. I've made a joke in my story that I connected with Greg because he, like me, is bald.
0: (laughs) And he he, he is a buff dude, too.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I wish. Yeah, that's where we kind of separate. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But, you know, when you talk about who's going to buy this, I, from the sense that I'm getting, I think this is one of those things where I don't actually see people outright signing up for it. And I don't even see people outright picking the bundle for it. I feel like when people buy that new Apple Watch and they get that three month free trial, that's when they're going to try it out. So it right. takes time for that to happen, um, you know. Because we have, we quite honestly have a lot of people with Apple Watch that don't need to upgrade. I mean, I, I reviewed the Series Six. I kept my Series Four. I'm still using my Series Four. I'm not using my Series Six because it, it didn't do enough to push me uh, to really say I got to have a Series Six for. You know, for my needs, and I think most people. Right. I'm saying, hey, get the SE. Don't worry about the six if you don't really need it. So, well, oh, go ahead. I will
1: say, by the way, one thing about that because yeah. we're struggling with this with my wife's watch. She has an Apple Watch Three, um, which uh, is the, the SE is a little bit more like the four, but storage space mm. because you have to have a seven point two to run Fitness Plus at Watch OS seven point two, and we've been struggling. To clear out enough space on her watch to download and install that update, so it is one little thing that needs to be addressed, um, I think, on Apple because these watches, the the older watches, are not necessarily able to handle this important update.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that. Well, then. Maybe she's in the market for new (laughs) Apple watching and a three-month subscription, Lance. Let's go. I know, I know. Let's go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The other quick note about, um, just before we move on, because we won't linger on this forever, with Peloton also, one of the differences, they have the ability for you to go to a class that has happening live, and you can see people's stats live. So there's a a level of engagement that Peloton still captures. And this is Apple's first attempt. I'm sure... You know, some people are saying, I can only use my own Apple Watch. You know, it's for one person. I'm sure they'll get multi-users up and running eventually. Um, but the start is really good. And even as someone who pays for Peloton, I'll see where I, how I feel after three months. But I feel like because it's only $9.99 and I can share this with other family members, like even have my mom or dad and my dad just got an Apple Watch. I don't know why he did, but he decided to get one. It. It just offers them something that they could just get up at home and just be a little more active, especially with us. Not only do you not like going to gyms, I'm not gonna go back to a gym anytime soon. Right. At all. <laughs> so um Yeah. Again, timing plays into some of this stuff and this is a perfect product for them. I'm just gonna be curious to see how people jump on it and but for me it's a good apple. I love it. All right. Thanks again to Indeed for sponsoring the Apple Bits XL. No matter how your workplace has evolved this year, some things haven't changed, like your need to hire great employees as fast as possible. That's what you can expect with Indeed. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring, you only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. According to Indeed data, more than 80% of employers get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job criteria the moment they post a sponsored job. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. are visiting Indeed each month according to Comscore's total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com AppleBits. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com AppleBits. And thanks to Headspace for sponsoring the AppleBits XL as well. I don't know who needs to hear this, but... Here you go, guys and gals. You deserve to feel better than you do today, and you can with Headspace. They make meditation simple. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Now, need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind down sessions for their members that they swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. Now, what I like about it is just how simple and clean and really colorful the app is. It's just not too busy. And I tried a bunch of the different meditations, but my favorite go-to ones are feeling overwhelmed and then burned out because especially during this tech season, I need that. I've just been going really, really hard on my own. It just helps me slow down and calms me down, but then I have to get back to work. But I think it always helps to center me just for that moment. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Applebits. That's headspace. Headspace.com slash AppleBits for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to Headspace.com slash AppleBits today and get a free one-month trial. All right, your turn, Lance. Should we
1: stick it on good or do we want to... uh...
0: Let's let's go bad. I mean, I don't have too many other... It was such a good year. It was. It was actually a little. It harder. was a good year. It's it hard I for me to find struggle. ads. Honestly,
1: I know it is. It is too. But I'm gonna let's talk just because the, you know. So AirPods Max <laughs> is obviously you know ostensibly that's good. In fact, I wrote about how. Um, the Apple AirPods as a brand is really shifting into sort of like a Mac position. It's mm-hmm. that important. Mm-hmm. And the reason I said that is that if you look at the AirPods max, they don't look anything like AirPods, you know? So they just took, they basically have now you know created this brand that can encompass very, very different products. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only consistent thing is they're both audio, but they, they don't sit the same way. They don't look the same. They don't, they, they don't have wireless charging, but the thing that puts it in the sort of Apple bad column is the price. Mm. Now, I'm not entirely sure I understand the why they're $549. Uh, and the reason that I say that is if I looked at Beats and there's a Beats model and I forget the name of it that is virtually the same on on features and functionality, including the the uh, H1 chip uh, and. It's like half the price, mm-hmm. so it's got the same battery life too. It's got it's got all of the same features, as far as I could tell when I was looking back and forth at them. And so, you know, this is Apple really pressing hard on that whole sort of you know this is a this is a premier product. This is the the Apple special, so it's got to be, it's just got to cost more. And uh, you know, it's so the Apple the AirPods Max is sort of the. The original HomePod of the audio space. You know, I never understood why you know Apple went with the HomePod first as opposed to the fantastic HomePod Mini. No sense to me. You know, see the pricing difference. So things they, they look exciting. The AirPods Max, they they look really pretty, and um, I'm sure they'll do a good job. But I, you know, that's a that's a very considered price, right? That's something we like. You you know really going to have to think about before you give that as a gift or you buy it for yourself. So
0: yeah, for people, a little li- bit of bad there li- for people listening. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say too much because my review let's, let's pray and hope I get it done in two more days. Cause it's I'm <laughs> doing a very involved specific review that up to this point, no one has done what it's going to include. I know it sounds like such a horrible tease, but it is a tease, but I'm actually excited for it. Um But the, the price you know some people complain, "Oh, don't come don't say it's too expensive or not." But to your point, I agree. It was hard for me to put it in an outright bad apple, but I had it in this gray area where coming out and saying 549 for a headphone set and you can be when I I bought them, I opened them and I thought they were nice, but the entire time I'm doing this unboxing and first impressions, my mind was saying but I just paid $600 for these after tax. Like that's, that was present in my mind. And some people were like, wow, you didn't seem really excited. And it wasn't that, I I mean, I'm excited to get product. I look, I'm going to be real with you. When you're part of that group that gets the product first and Apple gives it to you first to use, you're going to be more excited because you didn't have to pay for it with your own money. Like I'm just being honest. Right. And it's exciting to get product early, but I got it a few days later and I'm like, but I paid 600 for this, right? That's what I'm thinking the entire time. And that's how I kind of valued it. And people criticize me like, wow, you're not even that excited. They must suck. And I'll tell you right now, they don't suck. But I still, that sticker price is not only a shock, but that really, and I'm not even saying even in current pandemic conditions, just period. Whether we are in a normal economy or a current economy, that's a lot to ask. And I know that Apple's really, in my mind, shaping this to have people think there is, a higher level that we can go to with audio for the general consumer, even though we know that audio file equipment and stuff is extremely much more expensive. And that's, I think how they're trying to position it because no one has been able to kind of crack through the general consumer. Like you can spend more and get this much more. And we want to give that to you, but it's still a big pill to swallow. So yeah, I I couldn't, uh, that's why it's hard for me to outright call the bad apple. But yeah, I, I align with you on your thinking with that for sure. So right. and also that case is horrible.
1: <laughs> the cases uh, the, the comments about the case just cracked me up. Uh, it just it, you know, and it, it was, people said it looked like a bra. And, and, and I tried to be fair when I was writing about it in that. Yes, it's ridiculous. But here's what's more ridiculous is that. There's no external battery in that case. It doesn't uh, help provide wireless charging. So it's really just this weird fashion statement that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's like oh, it, oh, it does the magic of putting it in a low power state. Okay, that's great. And it has a hole in it so you can stick a wire in. Uh, okay, like what I. Why? Yeah. Like there's literally no reason for that case to exist. Cause it doesn't even really the the, the the headphone doesn't fold up in the in the way you might mm-hmm. think or that you'd want it to. You know, for me if I'm actually gonna travel with um, headphones and I have done that because on airplanes, noise canceling headphones, the best, uh, but I want them to fold up small.
0: Yeah. I
1: don't want to I don't want to shove something that big into my backpack for whenever I actually start traveling again.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um you know a quick question. This is related to AirPods Max. I wasn't 100% sure but obviously we know that the case puts them in ultra low power mode. Did you yes. Do you know I had heard that they stay um if you don't have the case they basically stay on for about 2 hours before they turn down. Is that true or not? I don't know. I'm just asking.
1: Oh, I don't know. That would be awful. Yeah. Um That would be, there's no reason I think, but the thing is they have Excel, they have, um, accelerometers and gyroscopes in them. So they should actually be aware if you don't have them on your head. I know that if you pull one ear off, they'll stop playing like there's, so it's, that would be surprising to me that they don't go, you know, into, to sleep after, you know, like a minute or so, or two minutes of just lying down on, on a table. Uh, so I'd be surprised but again, have not reviewed them, so I don't really know.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been able to find that specific question out because it's not like there's an indicator light that tells you, oh, these are still using full power mode or not. So I was just curious. Um, that was just me me trying to trying to get an answer. But you know, sometimes Apple answers you. Sometimes Apple does when you ask them.
1: <laughs> I know. Yeah, sometimes it got nothing to say. Um, by the way, because since I mentioned it already, I do put the HomePod Mini in very solidly in my good apple ah. possibly great apple uh column uh just it's it's literally the speakers that they should have released three <laughs> years ago uh at the price like so many things right but so late in the game yep. just dr- drives me insane uh they work just the way you'd want them to they're you know they whether they're, you can have them work all together or you can have them work individually. They, they're great listeners. They're, they're, the audio for the size is is really impressive. And $99 is a price point that's just, that's just right. That's great. And you know what, probably when they come out with a like another modification or an update, you might get these for 79 or, you know, so they're but why? Well, I guess I'm so confused about why they did things in the order they did them. Is it a, is it Apple miscalculating the smart speaker market? You know, like, I mean, the HomePod is a beautiful, powerful audio experience, but it was not going. They were not going to sell a lot of them, not just for the price, but because it's a big, it's a relatively large speaker compared to some of the others, and. It took them so long to get to this place. But again, good on Apple for doing it at the right price. I'm really happy to see it. Um, and I think, I imagine that it will come out a real winner this holiday season.
0: Yeah, I mean, you would hope so. I think you touch on some really important points, though. Great product. But when we talk about timing, this is absolutely the worst worst timing. What I mean by worst is because we have all these ecosystems that are already deeply entrenched. I'm deeply entrenched in an Amazon ecosystem at home. Um, I did get a HomePod mini. It's one of the products that maybe I will review, but it's taken so long to get through all the other stuff. Maybe I won't because it's too late, right? But, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't, it doesn't, I've talked about it on um, with someone before on my podcast, but because it's so late in the game, it doesn't shift that whole market share dynamic where you have Amazon dominating, I think around 50, 60%. Google's around like 30% the last time I checked, at least for US smart speaker in in the home, and Apple was at three percent at the time. So let's say they have HomePod Mini, maybe they gain a few percentage points, but it's not like they're even gaining ten percentage points off of this new HomePod Mini. I, I because of just how deeply entrenched we are with the Google ecosystem, smart home. That's yeah. one of Apple's big misses and miscalculations. Is they had Siri this whole time, it didn't really get better. The smart home took off. Amazon kicked in a gear. And you're like, why why can't Apple do anything like this? But even at that, I think. I don't know if this is true or not, but it feels like Apple kind of poo-pooed Amazon's Alexa like, eh, we'll see how that pans out. But it ended up taking off because it was so cheap. It was easy enough to use. And they partnered with every brand possible to make their devices compatible. And now that they're here with HomePod Mini, now that they're about to do this consortium where eventually Apple, you know, smart products from other brands that have never been compatible with HomeKit will be eventually and they've said it should happen sometime this year it it feels really really late in the game and i don't i don't see them all of a sudden even overtaking google in the smart home just because people are kind of where they're at now it's it's a little too late for for any major change to happen
1: yeah i don't you know apple has spent five years backing into the smart home space they just, they, 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 don't seem to know how to drive this part of the business. They, they, everything, even just, so Amazon throws open the doors and says, everybody come on in, let's just get in, get into Alexa, go, go, go. It's open. Just go, go, go mm-hmm. with, and, and also do it, you know, that sort of, uh, move fast, break things kind of idea. And it's hurt them in some ways because there's all these concerns about privacy. But the reality is, as much as people talk about being concerned about privacy, they're still buying a whole lot of Echoes and Alexa-based stuff. They're just not stopping. So, you know you have to realize that the conversation you see on Twitter about privacy is actually not what's going on in the real world where people just buy stuff. And Apple's taking this super, super careful approach. And you know, HomeKit, uh the way in which they had people, you know, all the hurdles that developers had to go through to work with it, which slowed it down immensely. And then the sort of weird uh as if built by robots uh home system that has never worked as well or as easily as Google's assistant or, or the Alexa assistant has always been a hurdle. Like, let's take a picture of this code. Oh, but that takes you to a third-party app that's oh, going to install And that goes it. And by the way, it's still that way. It's still yes. got this weird disconnect. Uh, and so nothing's as easy. And so now we've backed our way all the way up to basically the beginning. Hello, here's Apple's Echo, basically, right? <laughs> we finally got it. But that means now they have to start running forward, finally, and they have to run as fast as possible to even catch the heel of one of their competitors. It's going to take a very long time, and they still have to fix many things in their smart home strategy and their smart home software. Um, To this day, there are things in my system that are connected to Apple Home and HomeKit that do not work for unexplained reasons. (laughs) That I could never – like. A million years, I couldn't tell you why. And they work one day, and they don't work the next day. I can't just depend on them. And you know what? I've got a Nest system that just works, and I don't think about it. So, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. And so, you know, it's a tremendous frustration to be here sitting with this device that I really appreciate and know how far Apple has to go.
0: Yeah. the Even Sonos is actually ahead of them in the home U.S. smart speaker game, and Sonos supports every platform right uh, yeah i think sure this is around sure. seven or eight percent so when you even think about that uh w- you know unless you don't know who sonos is why would you get a home pie mini over sonos other than the fact that you just love apple so much right because sonos does yeah. it all sonos does everything so it's it's a i don't think we see much change happen and you know we've been screaming about this for years that finally you now we're at the point where we just accept i've accepted. Like it's it's probably just not going to happen for them here and that's their that's that's their own doing quite honestly
1: well i will i will say this though never say never true supposed leaders can you know all you have to do is go back in time to the smartphone smartphone and feature phone world in 2006 and look at the leaders and then look 3 years later and on where those leaders are, and those, and and the scale of those businesses. If you look at Windows uh, Mobile and and Nokia, massive, and just just and and BlackBerry, and just gone. So, you know, I never count anybody out, especially not Apple. But you're right, this is going to be a tough one for them. I don't think they'll ever give it up because no. it's, you can't. This is too important, but they're going to have to figure out a way uh, and maybe it means kind of a, a rebuild um, kind of similar to what they did with the, the Mac Pro where they they address their, their the shortcomings and kind of own up to it and say this is just a much better way. We're going to be more open and we're whatever. I don't know exactly what that'll be but that's what they need to
0: do. So I'll tell you when you just kind of sparked my imagination There, there is a way that they could potentially kind of create something that is buzzworthy to leapfrog everyone else in those three or four years. So I was just casually, you know, Kickstarter is a fun place that can become a terrible waste of time and waste of money, but also a great mm-hmm. waste of time and a, and a great use of money, depending on what you find on there. Um, there's a company that it just, I don't even remember their name. And this is sounds so horrible because I decided to, to give it a shot. It's a company mm-hmm. that is basically doing like a hologram type um set up where you can use your phone, record a video message, it turns you into a hologram and then it can be put in like sent to someone's digital frame or something like that. Now, this sounds wacky and everything, but yep. If Apple incorporated some sort of crazy hologram video live messaging live like a if we if someone in their home platform can give us actually hologram video conferencing whatever that is, okay? That that's that's the ne- <laughs> to me You need something that significant. All right. right, I'm going to take you one more step. Okay, let's go. Apple
1: does. Here's what Apple does. Apple introduces Jarvis for the home, and it uses its LiDAR and 3D mapping to make this entity work with real objects that are in your home. It can point things out. It can sit down on a chair. It can converse with you. You know, you're looking through it, but it's as if it's in your home, you know, especially work really well if you used an iPad. Uh, So, and it would be, the connection to your smart home.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm, that I'm, would be I'm, cool. I'm feeling that. Okay. So Apple, uh, I know there's at least one or two Apple employees out there that listen to this show. I know for, a <laughs> so y'all can thank Lance and I for saving your home pod. <laughs>
1: that, that's, that's what's up.
0: Okay. Let me, um let me throw out this bad apple. It's one of my favorite products from Apple, but this year for the iPad pro was insignificant. And I'm not – you know, COVID happened, so you always got to at least under that lens, give them the benefit of the doubt. But other than someone who had an iPad from five or six years ago and was looking to upgrade, there was no reason to buy this year's iPad Pro, which um, at least upgrade-wise from last year's – or the last version, which was a 2018 version, unlocked one more GPU core, so it used the same exact processor. There's pretty much no – consequence on improved performance from that gave us a LiDAR scanner in the iPad pro and then gave us an ultra wide camera, which I mean, I can be judgey judgy as whatever, but I I'm not a person who holds my iPad pro up to take pictures, but the iPad pro hmm. I'm not looking for it to blow my mind, but the things they could have done such as finally give us pro software that could actually utilize the overhead and the processor inside of the iPad pro Fine, maybe the mini LED stuff fell off the fell off the side because of production and whatnot. But the iPad Pro was maybe more of a sad Apple than a bad Apple. But they need to bring <laughs> something in 2021 for that product line.
1: All right, so I see things a little bit differently because and I think that you know when you look at the iPad Pro market, it's fairly narrow, and I think Apple uh, is aware of that. You know, it's a, it's important for them, but they're not you know. It would make more sense, obviously, for them to focus on a broader market, especially in a a year that might be a tiny bit constrained. Mm -hmm. So I look at the new iPad Air, which is really um, the child of an iPad Pro.
0: Yeah, that's a great Uh, point. It's
1: got the look, the feel, and what was really the craziest thing happened this year Apple's best mobile CPU, the brand new A14 Bionic, made its debut in that device, Mm. not in the iPhone. It was so strange because I wondered how they were going to finesse that, having kind of blown it, you know, like put it out there a month in advance before the iPhone. Uh, And they managed it quite well. But at the same time, like, all right, so this is, this is not just the iPad Air. This is iPad Air Pro in a way it's so, you know, everything about, you know, the magic keyboard, you know, with the floating thing, it's got, you know, the pencil support, it's powerful. Um, And so the difference in performance that you get from those extra cores, because there is a difference on the best CPU in the iPad pro. um, There's a performance difference that it doesn't match. Most people are never going to notice that because they're not going to use that high end tool. Uh, And so, I don't think anybody except, you know, a smaller set of people, including you, really (laughs) miss that there wasn't another iPad Pro because it's almost like they got another one. And, you know, yeah, LiDAR is cool, but again, still fairly narrow use cases. Um, I don't think we've really seen what it can do for consumers and consumers have no idea what to do with this scanner. And they need like like consumer apps that really just make it work and they don't think about it is not enough of that. So yeah, I, I can understand your disappointment, but um, just look at the the iPad Air, the new one. It's, I mean, it's a, such an incredible device with incredible f- performance. And if you carry it around in the thinnest case, it's like it weighs nothing. It's crazy.
0: Okay, Lance, you know what? Um, you didn't even sound like an Apple marketer or PR person there, but I agree because I made the iPad Air for like, my my review is if you consider any iPad to get today, that's the one you should actually look at first oh, before yeah. anything. And absolutely, most of you ninety nine nine not ninety nine but ninety percent of you will probably be completely satisfied and overwhelmed and more than happy with the iPad Air, and you don't even need to look at the pros, right? You really don't. Yeah. So. You're right. That's a more of a that's a person that that's personal issues. I let I let, that, I let <laughs> but this is my personal list, so I can allow that.
1: <laughs> of course, of
0: course. All right. Uh, other bad apples for you, or wherever you want to go. Yeah. Uh,
1: just so I, I think we should talk just a little bit about Apple Store commissions. Um, in that, you know. Apple has spent a lot of time and then the way I've kind of supported it, uh, I've written about it, you know, insisting that it was all fair and cool, you know, the way in which they charge, the developers, you know, like this is, you know, you get, we get a 30% cut, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it's like, you know, look at everybody else. This is, this is cool. It's fair. And then they changed the rules. Which is almost like an indication that oh, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't as fair as we said. You know, to suddenly say anybody who's making less than a million dollars only pays fifteen percent commission, which is great for those people, and I'm glad they did it. But it's also it's like, oh, wait a minute. So you did see a disparity. You did see there was a need to address something. I mean, that is Apple's way, of course. Apple would never. You know, they don't step forward immediately and say, Yeah, our bad. You're right. Let's make an adjustment. There was like oh, we're perfect. Good, 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 it, good. And then suddenly this happens. So I'm glad it happened, but I was a little bit shocked because, you know, it was kind of counter to the argument they had been making for so long. Now that said, I'm not somebody who stands there and tries to tell people you know what? There should be so many other places to get um, uh, iOS apps and Mac apps. You know, Apple should just open it up and let everybody do it. All side load, left load, right load. No. I always thought that was a bad idea. It hurt Android tremendously. And that's why Google Play exists. And that's why they verify apps. I don't care what anyone says. If you think that 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 it wasn't because of all the bad actors and all the malware and crap that still sometimes they struggle with and Apple doesn't you know, that they, you know, that they're able to control that. And, you know, you really have a much cleaner experience. I'm not saying that all the apps on on, you know, the App Store are perfect, because believe me, if you start digging, you'll find enough garbage, but it's not garbage that's going to harm you. It's just garbage. Uh, So, you know, I'm not trying to say that, but it was a very interesting about face for them to to make that change. And it's probably in a way trying to preempt, you know, saying, look, we don't want you to break us up. We don't want you to separate the App Store uh, from Apple and see we're, we're good citizens here. I don't know if that's enough. Uh, but I really don't want anyone to break it up. I think that the marriage, you know, what they created is actually really good for consumers.
0: So it's like, it's kind of more like a hmm, apple, right? You're kind of like, hmm. yes. Like, not, yeah, like, yeah. Not outright yeah. bad. Yeah. It's
1: like, there's, look, I'm never somebody, I, I'm somebody who lives in the gray. I don't believe that yeah. all things are like good or all bad. There's always like stuff. And this is definitely a gray area where I just went, huh, how interesting that they made that choice. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I, I think, and like, like we said, even before this show, it was actually kind of hard for me to outright say this is a bad apple this year where I feel like we have in the past but this year was a little harder and maybe it's cuz the circumstances but they did a lot of things really well this year like quite honestly yeah
1: they did a lot of a lot of good important you know on my good list i was talking about you know how apple threw itself into ppe production i mean they really I think they were the best corporate citizen, you know, as far as like the way in which you could respond to the pandemic and that they, you know, they didn't hesitate to shut down their stores. And they've been really careful about that. And they, you know, worked to build PPE when it was necessary. I mean, this is, you know, I think I think Apple tries as much as a conglomerate that makes so much money uh, can. I think it does try and do good. Uh, and it does try and listen to its customers and listen to the environment it's operating in. And uh, so I felt that it was proactive uh, and helpful. And, uh, you know, whether or not a corporation can actually care about its customers, at least Apple made it feel, feel as if they did.
0: Very, very true. Okay. When, when we talk about reaching for bad apples, I don't want to say this is a reach, but it's an observation. Um, I don't know how to actually just what this should be called, but my bad, another bad apple I have is a question in what's happening with some of their accessories recently. So we talked about the (laughs) AirPods max case. You're already laughing because you know, so we're talking about the AirPods max case and still to me, okay, fine. It has a magnet in there somewhere. I was even trying to feel it. And maybe it's just a real slim one that tells it to go in an ultra low power. That's the only reason why that thing might have any piece of utility at all. But that's still not a good... So that Max case is everyone's just like, what the hell was that? The the MagSafe Duo Charger was actually not that... I don't know how you felt about it or if you even got one, but it's not that good of a product from a standpoint of it's $129. Sure, it folds up. It's made of kind of that similar kind of vinyl-y, thinnish material. It can charge your Apple Watch and your iPhone 12 with MagSafe at the same time. I mean, it's not – you just rest it on the bottom. But it charges it – it doesn't reach the full capacity of 15 watts. It only hits uh, 14 watts of charging. If you use the 20-watt powered after that, you have to buy. If you want to get – or sorry, I believe – let me rephrase that. I believe it only hits 11 watts if you use that. If you want to get – Fourteen, which is the max that this little portable charger is. You have to buy a thirty-watt charger or higher, which is minimum fifty bucks to pay for to use this to charge at still a slower rate because it's wireless. Um, I, I I I don't understand. <laughs> like really, it was hard well, for me to just say this is a really good idea. Well, look
1: the, when I look at this device, um, <laughs> it's it looks like. There was a very quick meeting about look, we have these MagSafe chargers, we have these wireless um Apple Watch chargers, we're you know, we're kind of been in the doghouse because of air power. We never we never did that whole thing we were supposed to promise them. That we we can they're both circles. They're <laughs> relatively similar in size. They work in similar ways. What if yeah, like a wallet, like if it looked like a wallet and if you had something like that you opened up a wallet and your charger was like, what would it look like how about this and i feel like that's what we got it's not it's it's not the greatest design it's not the most attractive design i am a huge fan of the new MagSafe charger. Cause it's like really cool and powerful and easy to use and smarter than um, some of the Qi chargers where I struggle to like position my phone properly. And they've literally woken up with no charge. And I hate that. Agreed. Uh, so I, 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 I love that part of the, the technology, but yeah, this is, you know, Apple's accessory game and, and what they do and don't give you with your products anymore. It's all sort of in flux. And it's like, it's, it's you know what it's like the below decks crew on star trek it's it's not the a-team and uh and you feel like some of what comes out of there and some of the ideas and decisions are not a-team decisions and so this is just one of those things where it's like okay it's fine i mean it's not it's not something i'm gonna point out it's not a it's not gonna elicit any wows or oohs or ahs it's it's functional and it's way too expensive.
0: Yeah. It's, it should
1: be, it should be, <laughs> it should be half that price. I don't, it's, again, you know, this is, this is like them doing pricing with a dartboard. And every once in a while it veers and goes to a higher price. And they're like, you know, we gotta, maybe we just get some with better aim. I don't know.
0: It's, it's $129. Okay. And I didn't even get to my third accessory, which I'm not, I'm not uh, getting caught up in the whole, Hype of how the wallet case just kind of slips off the iPhone 12 because I use it. And sometimes it does. It doesn't slip off as much as people say. It's it's okay. But it's just kind of like this year, these three accessories are ones that when you look at the Apple wallet case, I mean, it is holds, what, three credit cards. But the fact that it can slide off whether you wear skinny jeans or not, and I do. (laughs) Even though – man, I don't even know when the last time I put on jeans, quite honestly, because we're at home all the time.
1: (laughs) We call them – what we wear around here, we call them soft pants.
0: (laughs) Soft pants. I like that. Um, That's literally what I'm wearing right now. So I'm just saying I'm not – I don't necessarily say where's Johnny Ive, but sometimes I'm like, hmm, I don't know if this stuff would have flown by or if that – to your point, it's this more experimental group that's maybe trying to get their design chops in place. Because I'm just like, nah. Like those three well, things were kind of just not very impressive to me.
1: Yeah, and I would say that I think Johnny would allow that that wallet design because of the elegance. And because I, when I look at the original Apple Pencil, it's a reminder that he would sometimes prize elegance over utility. Uh-huh. Uh, and so, because the, the next Apple Pencil was a thousand times better, it made yeah. more sense uh,
0: in every way. It's charging all of it, you don't and like so, charging the Apple Pencil like a, making a protest sign out of your iPad and putting it on the bottom. Of the I absolutely part. hated that. I was like, "This is
1: <laughs> this," you know, because he so desperately wanted the smooth lines and just nothing could interfere with all that. And so, I could see him saying, "Okay, to that." It's like, is somebody on the utility side and the practicality side? Is not doing their job. And why anyone would recommend that you put your your ID and your credit cards on something that can, that's only held on with magnets. Seriously. I mean and not the really. ones. You know what they need? From. I just realized, no, you know what they need? They need uh, your Aunt Betty in there. They need your grandma Sue, you know, in there going, Oh no, that's not gonna fly. Totally. No, I would never do that. Because just one person. Right. One person to sort of gut check them go you know is grandma okay with that because if she's not this is no good you know you know maybe somebody who doesn't care about or has no money in the bank and doesn't care that somebody has their their bank card but otherwise every other normal person to be like i need to protect my id and bank card i can't have them slide off my phone i'm not even somebody who likes to have a, a a case where you can have that stuff in it uh I get too nervous about it, but my wife does. So she's more comfortable with it, but she would never have something it just held on with, no, no way.
0: No, nah, no, nah, not like that. All right, so yeah, that, that was my little fun one. Um, I don't know, I don't even know how many more, I might have one or two more things. Okay, you're up next. Okay, so
1: let's see. Uh, it, it's worth talking about, you know, on the good side, Apple's privacy push because it's such an interesting thing and so important. You know what Apple versus Facebook um, on their their app transparency tracking and how that <laughs> that's going to you know Facebook is fighting it tooth and nail because it could really upend their ad business. It really you know could change it in in a very damaging way for them. So they're constantly fighting it. And Apple's like, don't worry. All we're saying is that you'll give people the option. And I'm saying, well, if you give them the option, they're going to be like, nope you can't track that and so uh it's good on apple in that they have so consistent in the way they've handled privacy and that they're sticking to their guns and and in a way you know you know apple is hurting itself but but they know what they're doing in that people pick up their iphone to check facebook right so the connection is sort of circular uh people start using Facebook less less and less because they don't want that and they're not seeing what they want to see. Maybe they're not even seeing the ads they want to see anymore. They don't realize because they've changed that. So, you know, Apple's taking a risk in a way, but they're being consistent in this. They're saying that, you know, we have a right to protect our data, protect our privacy. And, uh, you know, people should not be, you know, having to opt out of this stuff uh, when they, things they never signed up for before. So I, you know, I appreciate that Apple's doing it, but I also appreciate that they're they're being reasonable. They saw how freaked out the whole community was by it, and they said, okay, we're going to give you guys time to prepare and come up with a strategy to to backfill a little bit what you need, maybe on the revenue side, but also to create messaging that can help you and maybe encourage cus- consumers to still stick with you because you can show them how you're not using their data in a bad way. Uh but Facebook is still freaking out, and uh, they see the timeline, they see that it's coming early next year, and they're they're not going to stop fighting, and I think Apple's not going to stop sticking to its guns.
0: Yeah, you know, one of the kind of interesting themes, so not to plug or promote this, but so CES 2021 is coming up. I'm fortunate enough to be one of the like live anchors that is going to be hosting the coverage for CES this year, but what i what kind of stuck out to me is one of their keynotes their kind of their big lead keynote is specifically about privacy google facebook and amazon are all going to have reps there and those are quite honestly arguably if not statistically the three worst offenders when it comes to what they're doing yeah. with our content and our information and so that's going to be fascinating to hear what they have to say i'm sure it's going to be very um prepackaged and we probably won't get some Real raw answers when someone <laughs> sa- when when a question is asked, what are you? What exactly are you doing with my privacy? It's it's gonna be well. We do a variety of things. Some of these are for your benefit. Some of these are for our benefit. But they'll never outright say exactly um what they're doing. But the whole point of Apple using an Apple product, although it's not at the top of my list, the fact that they lean into this whole privacy angle makes me feel better about using their products. It has also hurt them from a standpoint of like the home pod and Siri and what it, right. you know, grabs and takes from you. And that's why it also piggybacks on that point that you talked about, like privacy matters in some cases. And in other cases, it doesn't like we determine when it's important to us more, much like we determine if something is worth X amount of dollars for us. That's just based on our personal uh, scale you know our our own measurement of what's valuable and what's not and also what's important when it comes to privacy and what's not and clearly the general population and you and I have said well i want a functioning smart home so privacy doesn't really matter as much right here but we're really happy that privacy matters with our phones and our computers and our data when it comes to apple and those other ways so i think that i'm i'm actually really happy with how They've leaned into it more. And even though not everyone's going to see it, I thought it was really fun when you go to the app store and now they kind of have that quote unquote nutrition list of privacy of all the things, right. that right. data that is going. <laughs> I encourage everyone to go, even though, and you you don't have to have the app or you can have it already downloaded. Type in Facebook on your app store app. Scroll down a little to the uh, privacy, the inform. I can't remember exactly what they call it. I don't know if it's privacy information, but it shows you a long laundry list of everything that is collected by this company. And it, it was, it's a long list, Lance. I was just like, yeah. dear well, God. Cause
1: we it, do, we oh. live our lives on that platform. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, there's a much longer conversation about all of this just because, you know, it, the dangers, uh, for us and our da- and our data, um, is not necessarily through all this privacy stuff that, that we talk about a lot. It's, it's often through, you know, more direct access. It's, it's, you know, people are at risk from phishing attacks and they fall for them uh, quite easily. You know, they, they're, they're willfully bringing these products into their homes and then, They're using them in ways, you know, even just, you know, being on Gmail and and answering an email that that turns out it's something that's efficient, it's going to steal your data. It's like people don't think enough about that, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're talking about protecting their data and what they're giving up because the stuff they give up on Facebook, you know, that a lot of people know already is not that valuable, but you're. You know your PIN number and your social security number and your bank account and all of that. That's important and that's valuable. And it's shocking how often people hand that over because they think <laughs> they're doing it to a trusted party.
0: Yeah, it's pretty wild. So I yeah I I'm I'm on board with you with all the privacy stuff. It and it's really interesting and it's not the sexiest thing to talk about. But when we when we get talking about it, thinking about it, it's 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 good. It's juicy. Okay, let me see what else did I have here. Um, oh. Again, I don't want to outright call this a bad Apple, but uh Airtags, Apple's worst kept secret, that's not a secret. I don't know if you know, I'm not saying they're air power, but until things get back to normal ish, there still is no reason for them to really um release air tags until we start moving around and are out and about. And I wonder if we don't even see them in twenty twenty one or at the very end, because until things get back to normal, we're actually have the potential to really lose something so well
1: yeah you know i think that apple's air tags are currently locked in a glove compartment (laughs) inside an apple car uh so you know this is you know, I, I think actually you've made a really good point here because my guess is Apple's just been sort of taking the temperature of the, of the consumer community and, uh, you know, maybe thought for a short period they were going to release them this year, but then uh, assessed as, as you did that no one's going anywhere. How valuable would this be and how would they talk about it? in this time where people are not traveling and they're really being you know, like, what, Oh, you lost your phone in your couch. Is a, is an air tag going to help you there? I mean, no. So I think that, I think you're exactly right that they're, they're waiting for the right time and they may keep working on it. And then sometimes, you know, it's, it's a product where it, you know, the, the, the amount of technology inside of it is not very high. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, the investment may not be that high. And if they realize at some point that the, there's no longer a need for it, they may just kill it. It may never happen. Uh, but yeah, timing is going to be really important on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, Lance, your turn, my friend.
1: Uh, I was just had a again, not a big, because it's part good and bad, really excited about Apple One because I've been begging for an mm, Apple bundle mm. forever. But I am frustrated because... <laughs> They they didn't go far enough with the storage. The most important part of these bundles, I don't think people realize this, is how much iCloud space you're getting. Because it's a constant frustration for people. I pay for two terabytes a month for my family. That's just enough. Uh, I could probably even use more, but I really doubt that people realize that they, they you know that they're happy with five gigs or twenty fifty gigs or you know whatever is being offered at these various levels of the bundle. I think the base, the foundation of an Apple One bundle should be two terabytes of data. If you've decided to pay for a bundle, they should be like this. Yes, thank you for choosing an Apple One bundle. Right off the bat, you get two terabytes of data because you're, you've you've made yourself a valuable customer uh, and you're getting all of these other things. But instead, they're kind of like, no, no, go to tiered system. And you know what they they've said about… You know, But what if you need more data? Oh, well, you can always get more data. Yes, you can pay for more data outside of your bundle. So there's no X-level bundle to get the more data that you need at that level. You have to pay for more data. So what's the point of having the bundle where you're getting some things that you yeah. probably don't need, maybe Apple Arcade or Apple News? So it's Apple's done the right thing by starting to do bundles but they need to do a better job of it. And they really need to recognize the incredible importance of iCloud storage,
0: yeah. I, I, I remember for as long as I've been doing this independent and you and I have been doing our podcast together, you've always talked about the bundle. I almost feel like you've brought it up almost every year. And you know it is their first try, and hopefully they they can figure that out. but I'm one hundred percent on board with what you said as well. Yeah, they. I what the entry one is fifty gigs. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. Come on, come on. That's not. That's that's. Now that's a that's a bad apple. I could throw that one. (laughs) That one one is well deserved. Um, another. This is kind of my last one. I know we're kind of just floating into more commentary and our thoughts, but uh, Apple TV and Apple TV Plus. I guess what I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad Apple, but where does Apple really go with the physical hardware for Apple TV plus now? Because, you know, there's not really much you can do right now. Sure. Okay. If they, they have a better way to find your remote. That's still impossibly. I, I still lose it at least once or twice a week and go, where the hell did I put that thing? Um, they can give us a better processor if they really want us to try and game on it more, but it's not like people are still really gaming on Apple TV and I don't see that shift happening especially now that we're competing against PS5, Xbox Series X, you know, Nintendo Switch. The game console area is fresh and new with all these new systems that you know, saying, "Oh, here here's a new here's here family, here's a new Apple TV for us to game on." eye rolls yeah no no <laughs> it, it, no and it,
1: it, it's not it's definitely and, and and the reality is that you know most of the games that you can play um on 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 an apple tv through say apple arcade or even like standalone you know they do just as well on a nice iphone and so why why kind of annoy everybody in the house by putting the game on the biggest tv in your home it doesn't make any sense you'll get basically the same experience by holding your phone and moving it around so i've never really understood that i've played games on my apple tv maybe three times yeah you know they like yeah that's all right i mean i hopefully if you're putting apple tv sort of in the bad place uh <laughs> uh which is the opposite of one of my favorite shows the good place um <laughs> you know it's uh you have to leave a special spot for the Apple TV remote, which I've decided is probably the worst remote ever. And I can't tell you how often my wife nearly throws it at me because she blames anything that's wrong with technology. She blames it on me and she tries using it. And it's just, you know, they want it to be, again, it's another thing where uh, Johnny wanted it to be cool, wanted to have as few buttons as possible, (laughs) And so let's just have a little touch interface, you know, you slide your finger around. Well, you know what? Oh. You slide your finger around and sometimes it goes in the wrong direction there. It just, you know, it's Oh, and by the way, I finally dropped one and cracked the glass on it. And I was like, that should never happen. Remotes get thrown. Remotes are like this is just ridiculous. So that's yeah. that's a per- that's got a permanent place in the bad place oh, until yeah. they they redesign it.
0: And, and also, we didn't even talk about how when you pick it up half the time, it's a 50-50 of if you're going to be mm-hmm. holding it in the right direction. Yep. It's literally And you know what's 50-50. really
1: funny? What's really funny is you don't know. And because <laughs> your palm is sort of covering the other parts, so things are happening. And you're like, but they're, they're happening in reverse. And so you will spend – I don't know. Someone's – there's been scientific studies, but I think you spend about 20 seconds going, why is everything working in this way? Until you finally look down and go, oh, I see. I'm holding it backwards. It <laughs> happens all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, we could, we could literally have a bad Apple for the Apple TV remote for the end of time until they figured out. I mean, the other two things about the Apple TV that I was going to mention, like what else can they really do? Okay, they could make it 8K compatible, but no one needs that anytime soon. Uh, you know, yeah. for me, the Apple TV is kind of a product in limbo where they're putting the Apple TV app on so many things now to deliver that content um yeah i still use the apple tv because but i don't use the apple tv app that much and i'm not saying some people are like oh brian you need to spend more time in the apple tv shows look i love the morning show i haven't had a chance to watch ted lasso um oh, you know, i know do, do
1: it do it do it Lance, during the holiday break you will be so happy.
0: I'm going to be catching up on so much content because, you know, I'm still pounding through this whole 4-month bonanza of Apple stuff. I mean, do y'all really want an AirPods Max review or not? Yeah, that's why I'm not watching these shows. <laughs> but um, you know, that content, you know, they'd still they have they have definitely have a few winners, but still not enough buzz, but I think the Apple the Apple TV, I even if they released a new one, I don't think I need a new one. So No, no,
1: and I'm and I'm you know I'm a big fan of Roku, and the only reason I probably haven't fully switched over is that HBO Max until today Today. you know uh, was not on it, and so it's one of the last things I'm still you know subscribed to through um, Apple TV, and Mm. you know I'll I'll probably switch out. There's no reason. Uh, Not that you know Apple TV is a fine box, you know it's it's but like you said.
0: It's not, yeah, you know,
1: don't, no, don't really need it.
0: People that haven't used a Roku just don't understand how much content is on that thing. It's pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, it's really amazing. And yeah, I wish they maybe modernize the UI a little bit, but the actual system and everything about it is on point. And if content is king, the Roku platform is king for all that stuff. So that I'm looking at my list. I think I kind of covered everything. I don't know if you have a few other things that you want to touch on.
1: Um, you know, I think that was, I think that was honestly, it. you know, there's, you know, obviously I'm really, you know, without, you know, belaboring the point, I'm really happy with the iPhone 12 lineup. I think that they, the the redesign, uh, in combination with iOS 14, just really, really happy with it. I think they've done a good job. Um, and the last thing that I had on my sort of like questionable list. And I, I've got to double check that I'm right about this. The iPhone SE, the new one, released this year, correct?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it feel like two and, years and, ago, right?
1: It does because it was around March. <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, why? Why does that product exist? Why, you know, especially with the iPhone 12 mini coming out, what sense did it make to have that product ever? It just, it's like... The, the product for people who looked at the SE is the iPhone 12 mini without a doubt. And it's so much better. You know, it's got much more power and a bigger screen. I mean, just, it doesn't, there's no reason. It's sort of like, almost like they were like, you know, we had this in the pipeline, we're going to kick it on out. And, and it's just kind of really, it's just going to hold you for a few months until the really good stuff comes. Like, I just don't get
0: it. But. Here, here's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you the reason why I, maybe it's because I'm, around different people who honestly there is a special place for that whole iPhone SE in people's hearts. And you are right. The iPhone 12 mini, you know, does more, has more power. It's a full screen, but there's something about there's a large segment of the population that still, and we know there's so many Apple users, if they can still make margins on these and it's still profitable for them and they have the parts, there's a lot of people that still like the physical touch ID button and they, and yeah, and, and, at the time, and at the time, and at the time, the iPhone mini 12 didn't exist. And so this was right. that phone that fit in your hand. That is a one, a true one hand phone. And so, you know, and also it's three, nine, is it three ninety nine? Yeah. three ninety nine. So that's yeah. the cheapest phone that you can get. You know, you and I are around this stuff so much, but it was, we you know when I first saw it, I'm like, that's going to be the top selling iPhone this year. I don't know where it stands now compared to the 12 mini. Um, but I'm going to guess totally going on our limb without any analytics or data whatsoever. I'm going to guess it still might end up being the top selling iPhone of the year model, specific yeah, model. Yeah, so, yeah,
1: I wonder so, if like, I wonder if it was like a big seller in China because I right, remember right. like with five S or five S se I think uh, that sold well there. And it just, yeah, it, it may be, I get it. I get it. I just find it it's just a little frustrating. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Sometimes I feel like the way in which they have to release all of these new phones at once kind of messes people up because uh, they're making product decisions. If you're making a product decision in the spring, you're without a doubt going to be frustrated by the fall. Um, and I think that was that was doubly true this year um, for people who may have sort of locked in on the, the new SE.
0: Well, Lance, um, I know the perfect you know coal in your stocking for me would then be an iPhone SE, I guess.
1: yeah damn it brian i hate you i'm so sorry i'm so sorry
0: um you know what i wanted to wrap it up and i put it put this on you kind of as a little bit i didn't ask you for this before we got together but lance's favorite apple product of the year so far that you have used because i know you don't have the airpods max yet but other than that what's your favorite product of the year and why
1: Huh. That's tough. It is um, tough. you know what, honestly, I, I do think, uh, possibly because of what it represents, it's the, the HomePod mini, mm. um, because I really, I've wanted this from Apple for so long. I knew they could do it. Um, and, and it wasn't like, it wasn't halfway to what mm. I want is exactly what I want. Um, I like the look, I like the color choices, I like the performance, I like the sound, I like the the, the intelligence. Uh, don't we won't talk about intercom. It's a stupid idea. But Wait, you don't like, um, intercom.
0: You don't like intercom?
1: No, because it's not dual, it's not dual channel, it's oh, not yeah. uh, duple- it's not duplex. I mean, you know, you're 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 basically recording a message and sending
0: it. Yeah, yeah, I see what you are
1: saying. Uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's dumb. No, sorry. <laughs> but um, everything else about it. And so, yeah, it, you know, obviously there are more powerful devices, you know, and, you know, things that do much in like the iPhone 12 and all that, but, but this is new. This is something they should have done. They finally done it. And if people give it a chance, I think they're going to be like, oh, this is actually really good. This is really fun and it's cute. And it's, it's, it works in a really Apple way. And it's, it's not disappointing. So um, I think that, Yeah. I think that, uh, you know, being put on the spot, we'll take that.
0: All right. That's good. I, you know, I know it's not a product. I would say for me, it's the M1 chip, but it's also the promise of the future for what that has to do. Right. So that's not necessarily a product, but you know, I'm going to tell you right now, Hmm. I didn't actually think of this myself. Um, I would, I would say my favorite hmm, for me personally, damn, that's actually hard now. And you thought you, you you gave me an answer, so I I feel like I deserve to give you an answer. Um, for people listening, I'm not going to say AirPods Max. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I might I might lean. Okay, if if the M1 chip is what I was excited about, I'm going to lean towards the MacBook Air as a laptop at 9.99 that in many cases outperforms my 16 inch MacBook Pro. Uh, with no fan, and as a sign of the future, uh, I'll I'll go with the MacBook Air of what it represents.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really fair and smart because it is the future. I mean, that's you know, it's 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 the as I said, it's the most important thing Apple did in 2020, without a doubt. Uh, and it is all about the future, but it's also about the present because they delivered products that crazy. people are using right now. You know, that's the that's the crazy crazy thing.
0: Love it. All right, Lance. Well, you know what? Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your insight. It's always good for us to catch up and talk. And this was really fun. And I know that we'll do it again in twenty twenty one. But uh, <laughs> let again people know again where they can kind of find some of your content.
1: Yeah. So obviously Twitter. Uh, look for me on Medium. Uh, yes, even YouTube. Uh, I have an Instagram. You should check out my Instagram. I like to p- take pictures of the moon and birds and tech. But a lot of moon and birds, really. Uh, so yeah. That, and sometimes on TV.
0: There you go. Yeah, sometimes you're, you're too, I, I see you, my friend. I see you, my friend. A little uh, Ryan and Kelly. That, that's, that's, I'll say it for you so you don't have to.
1: Yeah, I do that a little bit. It's very nice.
0: <laughs> All right, my friend. So um, we'll talk to you soon. Have a great holidays if I don't talk to you before then. Um, 2021 is going to be an exciting year, uh, you know, for Apple. I, I don't know. I'm really excited about 2021 because that's when I should see my M1 16-inch MacBook Pro, and that's the only thing I'm waiting for next year. That is the thing I'm waiting for. Well, I hope you get your wish. Maybe maybe AirPods uh, SE, just kidding.
1: (laughs) Well, let's not overuse the SE name. All right, well, thanks for having me on. I love doing this with you. I wish you a a very, very happy holiday and happy new year.
0: Awesome, you too, Lance. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, buddy. All right. So there you go. 2020 is good and bad apples. Where were you all with that? What what really stuck out with you? I, again, I'll say it. whatever the third, fourth time, 2020 was a really impressive year for Apple. Whether or not the pandemic happened, it wasn't impressive for many of your wallets who love this stuff. Uh, again, you don't have to buy everything, but Apple really just cranked this stuff out. Big thanks again to everyone who supports this show. We got to show love to our Platinum Apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frader, Jarrett Lewis, Eric Cohen, and Atari Koenigsegg. Thank you so much for your support. And thank you again to all of you who have supported me in all these different ways. Even over time, I've started to see some of you increase your uh, Patreon support. And that's really um, wild. And I'm just so thankful for that because... I know times are not easy. And so I continue to just can't be grateful enough for all your support for allowing me to keep on delivering this content and kind of trusting me to do the right thing, bring you the right content and not just do some crap because otherwise I guess you wouldn't support this. So patreon.com slash Brian Tong is how you support me. And thank you so much again, early access to content, early uh, benefits, a completely ad-free version of the show. And then the whole monthly one hour Zoom call the the zoom call is lit as they say it was fun it was really fun those who know know so come on check it out and again uh cannot say thank you enough for all of your support so that's gonna do it for this week uh we got more stuff cooking i kind of have a few options to pick from so i'll just let you come back next week and uh, we'll keep on doing the damn thing thanks so much for listening to the apple bits excel please be safe enjoy the holidays and uh I'll talk to you next week, all right? Take care. Peace. Peace.